you're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit talks about how God can work extraordinary miracles through ordinary people. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our new series. We are actually in the middle of the year, in every middle of the year, every nation, churches around the world go for a consecration week where we do prayer and fasting. We started this year with miracles, and we're continuing the middle of the year consecration with miracles. And this time, we're talking about the miracles from the book of Acts. There are 29 recorded miracles in the book of Acts. In this series, we will go over some of the miracles that were performed in the book of Acts and focusing on the people that God used to perform these miracles. Today, we're going to talk about extraordinary miracles through ordinary people. If you've gone through our week of prayer and fasting, you must have gone through all of this. Next week, we're going to talk about extraordinary miracles through persecuted people. The third week, eye-opening miracles through reluctant people. And finally, miracles through us today. Clearly, we see here that, you know, reluctant and ordinary people who are persecuted and ordinary people can be used by God to be a channel of blessing and miracles to others. Extraordinary miracles through ordinary people. You know, every time you apply for a job, you bring with you a resume and, you know, you carry your best self. That desiring to seek someone looks at your resume and would try to see if you are qualified for the position. And each time the company hires someone, they feel that person is the best person fit for the position. They look for the most qualified person. And the majority of times, they wouldn't even look at a person with no experience. And you must have had, you know, experienced this here. It's interesting that God isn't like that. As a matter of fact, He just does the opposite. He chooses the unqualified and qualifies them. And I love what the Apostle Paul has to tell us. He said, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Yes, God knows our resumes, every single detail and every bit of you, but He is not impressed with credentials. The verse continues, God has chosen the things that are not so that He may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. You know, God is more concerned in who you are than what you do. God is more concerned on who we become than what we achieve. But how does God actually qualify those He calls for His purpose? God qualifies you to do His purpose and will through the Holy Spirit. We read in Acts 1 about the Holy Spirit that was promised by Jesus to His disciples. In Acts 1, verse 3, it says, He presented Himself alive to them. Remember, when Jesus resurrected, He presented Himself back to them after His suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So Jesus was around for 40 days. 
And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Romans 8.11 talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And in Ephesians 3.20, it says, God is able to do far more abundantly than anything you could ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work within us, the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within us. We are able to live out our Christian life not by our own merit, but by only the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us by God in Christ Jesus. And it is this power that God is able to use ordinary people like you and me to accomplish his mission for the church. Our verse reading today is from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. I'd like you to open your Bible or scan this QR code. It will lead you straight to that particular verse. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. Let's read together. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's porch. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter, came, as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This is the word of the Lord. People during that time, they held Peter's miracle work in such a high esteem that they thought that even Peter's shadow could probably heal me. Apart from Paul, Peter was the only other disciple who raised a person from the dead. He's one of the pillars of the Christian church. He boldly professed that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus said, I handpicked you. From now on, you'll be Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And neither the gates of heaven or the gates of Hades will not prevail from it. Peter was not a rich person, he was not prominent, he was uneducated, he was not a religious or a refined person. He was a simple man from Galilee whose main source of living was catching fish. Lesson number one, you don't have to have an outstanding resume for God to choose and use you. God looks for ordinary people and calls them. We know from Matthew that Peter and his brother Andrew 
were the first disciples that Jesus called to follow him. In verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he said, come and follow me, Jesus said. I will send you out to fish for people. The question that I want to ask you today, if Jesus asks you and says, come and follow me, how would you respond? Me, I would probably have excuses. But Peter and Andrew did not even hesitate for a moment. In verse 20, it says, At once they left their nets and followed him. If I were Peter, I'd probably go back to my family and tell my children, Hey, I'm following Jesus, just to let you know. They didn't. They just dropped everything and followed Jesus. What would have become of Peter if he said, Lord, can I just go back to my mom and dad and tell them that, you know, I'm, I'm following you? Or if he said, Lord, how will I support my family if I stop fishing? He would probably just be an obscured fisherman who missed an opportunity to become the man that God wants him to be. We know of many men in the Bible who were far from being qualified. We know that Noah... Noah, not Noah. Noah got drunk, right? Remember that? Abraham, in his 80s, together with Sarah, they laughed at God when they said, you will be the descendant. You will have uh, the father of many people. Moses had a speech problem. He stutters, and he even became a fugitive because of uh, murder. David was an adulterer. Like all of them, none of us in this room, no one in this room, would have a resume that will qualify us to be used by God. But what we learn from these stories is that God does not look at your form. He does not look at how you look outside or your deeds. God looks at your heart. He is more concerned with what's in here than what people see outside. The Bible says man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. I told you last week that I was reluctant when Pastor Michael told me to go back to the Philippines and study. Bing and I were reluctant when we were told that we will pastor this church. And I guess it's not our reluctance, it's not our fear, it's not our doubt that God looked at, but honestly, our, really, our willingness to serve and our willingness to say, yes, Jesus, we will follow you. Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Some of you may look at your life as a sense of failure. Some of you may even say, I'm not worthy. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not this and I'm not that. You can make a big mess out of your life, but God will say, no problem. You don't need to have it all together for God to be able to use you. He can use you right now, today, as you are, flaws and all. What he is after is a heart that says, yes, Lord, I will follow you. Use me. Use my brokenness and make me whole again for your glory. The 12 disciples were very simple men. They were weak and they have very basic faith. God can work through ordinary people like you and me for his glory. God judges us by our faith. God judges us by our heart attitude. 
Remember that God is able to do far more abundantly than you can ever ask or think about according to the power that is at work within us. God will use your hardship. God will use your failure to build up your faith so you can testify about His grace to other people. We don't need to be perfect. We don't need to be a Bible scholar. We don't need to know everything. Why? Because Jesus was perfect in our place. He gives us strength, and He trusts us with His Word. He gives us the Holy Spirit to grow, to empower, and to use us. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to be used by God? God will work with miracles through you and in you if you have a mustard seed of faith, even just a small faith and humble acts of obedience. We just have to say, yes, Lord. Oftentimes, when God calls you to do something, you will have excuses, just like me. How can God possibly do someone through someone as ordinary as me? I'm not special. I'm a sinner. I'm flawed in many ways. But we know from Scripture that God can do extraordinary things through ordinary people. He can take your excuses and turn them into miracles because He is the God of the impossible. Every day, I hope that you will get up from bed with the encouragement that God can use you to do wonderful things, and God can use you to be a channel of blessing and miracle to others. He can use you to do things that might seem impossible to you, but to Him it is easy. He is a God of His Word. He is God of the impossible. And through even one person, ordinary person like you or me, He can channel His blessings and miracles to those who need it. I would like to share the story about a young girl. Well, she's not young anymore, but let's go back to the day when she was 15 years old. Her name is Chris Gertzton, and this is what she said. I have always trusted God completely ever since I was saved at age 15 when I gave my life to Christ. She said, I asked him, Lord, use me in any way you saw fit. Use my life for your glory. Imagine, at 15 years old, she was asking God, Lord, use me in any way that you want. Use me for your glory. She remembers even asking God, Lord, can you please find me a cute pastor to marry shortly after he saved her? And you know, God answered her prayer. This is a picture of her beautiful family, and this is Chris. Last June 2021, after a visit to the hospital, her neurologist told her with tears in his eyes that she had ALS. I don't know how to pronounce it, but ALS is a fatal neurodegenerative disease which a person's brain loses connection with the muscles. So if your muscles don't work, you start losing your ability to walk, to talk, to eat, and eventually breathe. She said typically there is a three to five year life expectancy from a person with ALS. It's a death sentence. But my symptoms started in my mouth, so research says my life may even be shorter. I really don't know how much time I have, but this is what she said. But I know God is in charge. This was my barium swallow test. The implications of these can be life-altering. 
So I stood on the platform with an x-ray wall around me and prayed while tears welled up and prayed, Jesus, please make me brave. Please make me brave. Please make me brave. Please make me brave. When the doctor said there is no known cure for ALS, the entire room with her family went silent. She said, but my mind focused on a beautiful image. This disease will be my blessed chariot that will carry me home to be with Jesus forever. And she said, I truly feel this will be my great opportunity to shine for Jesus, to live for Him in difficult circumstances, to prove that He is all that He says He is. This will not be my last triumph, an opportunity to show that every single promise that God has written in His Word will be true. And I intend to hang on to these promises. While I didn't know how God was going to use me with ALS, I knew even with this disease, I just needed to be faithful and trust Him. This is Chris speaking and sharing her testimony at the church community. She said, I'm also taking this time to share my thoughts on Facebook, where I try to encourage women to think biblically and grow deeper in their love for Christ. I have seen countless blessings since I came down with this disease. A church family that loves and cares for us, from house cleaning to meals and everything in between. Neighborhood of literal saints who shower us with meals, flowers, prayers, and random acts of kindness. And I've been showered with medical equipment on loan from friends, including a power wheelchair. And this is a beautiful story. Someone blessed them with a mobility van. These were hand-me-down gifts from a precious man who just lost his wife to ALS. He's an elder in the church. They served outside New Orleans. He drove the van all the way to Alabama because he felt that God was prompting him. When she told him through sobs that she didn't deserve such an expensive gift, this is what the man said to her. He said, we know what we deserve, don't we? But Jesus has already paid for that. Now it's my joy to give this to you. And this van, she said, allows me to go to church, my grandson's soccer games, and on dates with my husband. And I can't wait to thank that beautiful woman in heaven. On some days, she said, I feel like my ALS is progressing so fast that my blessed chariot may be turning into a freight train. But I'm perfectly content for whatever God has chosen for my life. I pray that God will still use me as long as He keeps me here. She posted this on Facebook a year after she was diagnosed with ALS. And this is what she said. This picture makes me imagine the breathtaking moment I will look full in his wonderful face. In Job 33:26, he sees God, God's face with rejoicing. This is her husband's post last April 26. This is Rick. It is my privilege to announce that Chris's blessed chariot 
arrived this morning, the one to whom to whom's glory she has been so stubborn for, she now beholds face to face. Maranatha. And that means our Lord comes. She said, I know that relatively soon I will breathe my last breath and I will go to be in the arms of Jesus. So I want to leave you with this. I hope you have entrusted yourself to our great God. You are his masterpiece, and he can use you to be a blessing to others. I pray that you live faithfully for his glory and be busy with kingdom work from this day until your last. Please know that I will wait for you in heaven. You don't have to be an extraordinary person to be used by God. God looks at your heart your ordinariness, even in your brokenness. And it is the power that is within you, the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in each and every one of us that God will use to make you and me a channel of blessing and miracle to others. Jesus said to Peter, come and follow me. Peter didn't make excuses. He just followed. Chris Gertson prayed when she was a little girl for God to use her in whatever way possible. She was no extraordinary woman. The path that God chose for her was difficult, painful, but it was in faith that she said, even in the midst of her brokenness, God, use me for your glory. Here I am, just like what we sang a while ago. Here I am, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. The question is, how will you respond? I want to challenge you today. Think of how you, in your ordinariness, can be used by God to be a channel of blessing to just one person. It's not difficult. It's not hard. Just think of one person that you can probably cook a meal for or help fix the house or maybe drive to somewhere. I don't know. You have your gift. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to use that gift to make a difference in the life, even of just one person. And i just like to share my testimony. This is Craig. We met them at the cafe. And they normally go to the cafe every morning to buy coffee. And we were wondering, wow, these guys have a lot of money. They like just like coffee every day. Uh, she was with Nina. And... Knowing me, I would just like, even if I see them every day, I would just like, hi. But you know Bing, she's a disciple maker. One day she approached them. And I had the opportunity after a series of conversation, conversations to actually share one-to-one with Craig. This is the day I was saved, the 2nd of June, 2019. And... This is when we finished our one-to-one, and this is how he looked like sometime after. Uh, even at this time, he was struggling from withdrawal from methadone because uh, they've been into substance abuse for the longest time, more than 20 years, and they go to a clinic where they have to be injected with this methadone just so they can be weaned off from, from uh, the addiction. 
And I just talked to him the other day. They already moved. That's why I don't see them. They already moved to uh, the coast. And he said to me, Joe, I'm not smoking anymore. Finally, after 2019, he kept on telling me he will not smoke anymore. He said last Thursday, Joe, I'm not smoking anymore. This is his picture. He's grown a bit bigger now. Uh, but I still keep in touch with him. One ordinary act of kindness can change a person's life forever. You don't have to be special. You don't need to know the Bible when they ask you what's this verse or can you, you don't need to know that. God can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You and I are ordinary people. Chris was an ordinary person. I was just an ordinary person. And I'm shy by nature. I wouldn't approach a person and talk to a person if I had a choice. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit, and my family knows this. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows me to speak in front of you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows me to actually talk to a person with my knees trembling. And that is the power that's available to each and every one of us. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, use me for your glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you for the series that you're reminding us that miracles can happen and you can use people who are ordinary, people who are reluctant, people who are persecuted to be a channel of blessing to others. Lord, we pray that you would take out selfishness in our hearts, that we would start not thinking only of ourselves, but thinking of a neighbor or maybe a friend or a distant someone that we can pray for, that we can encourage, that we can actually practically help with something. Lord, remind us that we have a gift, at least one according to your word. Help us to use this gift to make a difference in this world. Help us to use this gift to change the life of a person. Thank you, Lord, that you are working extraordinary miracles ordinary people like us. Here I am, Lord. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every Saturday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungahlin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.